Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, good gardening. We are live and lively from Allen's Tree Service here on West Pierce Boulevard in Winsville, 636-332-5535. Allen'sTreeService.com is the website. And uh, Ben is here engineering on site, and Greg is back in studio producing. So the second hour is the tip, tip of the trial. I'll be giving the tip in just a few moments, but first... Remember, this is your show, and if you were not there, I would not be here. So if you have any questions or concerns about how your annual's doing, hmm, maybe not so good, maybe great. How about the bulbs? How about your, your cannas and things like that? They're loving this. Elephant ears, they're loving it. Your edibles, as we had the conversation with the lady related to tomatoes, saying this has been one of the worst years for tomatoes that she's experienced, and she's been growing for a long time. Your ground covers, your houseplants, your tropicals. Think about getting ready to bring those houseplants in. It's a little bit early, but start looking for scale. Start looking for insect problems. Start looking for anything that may be detrimental when you do bring them in. Your lawn, your perennials, your roses, your trees, your shrubs, your vines, your water garden. But remember, my answers, comments, and opinions are offered strictly as an option to help you achieve your goal and by no means the only way to go. And if you are considering some changes in your garden, your landscape, whether aesthetic or problem-solving, you can have me come to your home and do a walk and talk. Walk and talk, we just you have a list of questions or concerns. I keep my eyes and everything open, you know, listening to you, answering your questions, but also looking and troubleshooting for other circumstances that you may not even realize is causing you some real trouble. So the walk and talk, if you'd like to schedule one, you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and there's on the homepage, email address, and a phone number where you can contact me. And today's tip of the trial goes out to everybody in the entire region who's tried to grow anything in the outdoors this year. We drowned in the early part of the year, and then we, as I said before, it became a desert. So if you've had success with anything whatsoever, even just stabilizing things and not preventing a downward turn, the tip of the trowel certainly goes out to you. So, And the tip of the trowel is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. If you improve your soils... Before you do any of the planting, it's going to make a big difference. You're going to go and get your stuff from St. Louis Composting, add it to the soil, and your plant material is going to love you love you for it. They're going to just love you. So there's no getting around that. So uh, why don't we take a call before we take a break? Dave is in South City. Dave, how are you today? Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, yeah, hey, I live just a couple blocks from you, actually. And I'm curious, what uh, that area between the street and the and the sidewalk, will anything grow there? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I have between the street and the sidewalk. I have planted sedum acre, or what some people call is gold moss. 
and it's you know it's pretty darn healthy. It looks pretty good. So uh, I have it on three different sections. I'm on a corner, and then I do have one area that's zoysia. And so that's straight across from my backyard. So I have the zoysia, but mainly I have the sedum acre, A-C-R-E, or gold moss is the common name for it. So it flowers in May. It looks spectacular. It hasn't entirely filled in yet because, you know, the postman stops there and, you know, people cut across there and people's dogs scratch and all this other stuff. But it really looks pretty darn good. Well, we got both the tree and because we parked there. I mean, it gets traffic all the time. Well, is it right. pretty hardy? Is it pretty hardy? Yeah, it's it's steppable. You, you know, so you're going to have some complications. I have three sugar maples. You know, in that yeah. section too. So, I mean, it's competing with the root systems of the sugar maples. Where Tracy parks her car, she always goes, "Oh, it looks so ugly right here," because it it's not able to get a really good stand. But for the most part, I'd say eighty five percent, maybe even a little bit more than that, looks very, very good. Better than the mud, though. So, <laughs> can't plant it this exactly. Time of year, or does it have to wait till spring. No, no, you can, if it's still available at the garden centers, you know, this is the ideal time of year to plant anything. The ground is warm, you get root system growth, and then the plants get to go to sleep for the wintertime. So this is perfect. Okay, great. One more quick question. So I got great plants sure. in the garden, no fruit uh, on almost anything. Uh, plants look great, though. Any idea for next year? How old are they? Uh, this was all just garden plants, so I planted them all in May. You oh, know, so this is just squash, cucumbers, oh, the whole bit. Great plants. It's no just, fruit. <laughs> yeah, it was just a very tough year for lots of different things. Okay, All right. So it was weather related as much as anything. If you took care of them, if you kept them watered, if you fertilized yeah. them, did all that, and the plants look good, and it's just you know, I mean, they can even if they're healthy. A lot of times, like tomatoes, will abort the flowers. Right. Just because okay. it's too intense, and right. I'm sure that you know its cousins and everything else will do the very same thing. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Yep. And Mike Miller, KMOS Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, we are live and lively at Allen's Tree Service. We'll be here for another um, for almost 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so. So if you have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I want to thank Brian. He's one of the staff members here. He gave me a very fancy ballpoint pen. He knows I have a great love of ballpoint pens. So, and joining me in that right now, though, is Kevin. Kevin, what's going on in the outdoors? Uh, recovering from all the heat and drought that we've been going through, uh, even though the temperatures have cooled down, it's still very, very dry out there. Um, your trees need water. Yes. They, uh, your lawns can go dormant and come back just fine, but the same does not hold true for trees and shrubs. Right. Once they're headed downhill, and especially conifers, somebody emailed me a picture of a conifer, and it was a gold thread branch cypress. It was totally brown. They said, is there any hope for it? I said, <laughs> hope for the compost pile. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're not far away from September, which is the ideal time to uh, aerate and seed your lawn. So it's time to start getting thinking about that and get on the books because you call in September, it's going to be a little while before we get there. Right. And so, in other words, get it scheduled. Right, get on the books. And, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, when you guys come out, too, if there's trees in the property and things like that, I mean, even if you're, a, let's say, a lawn expert at Allen's Tree Service, you're still going to look around at all the other things. True. I, you know, I get asked, you know, I get the initial calls for one thing, and then I get there, and then 
customer has a question or I spot an ash tree per se. Right. And they don't realize they have an ash tree. And, uh, you know, so there's... What's all those weird seeds? I always, uh, even when the... A lot of times I go to, you know, most people work or working during the day, you right. know, husband and wife, nobody's home. Uh, you know, I have a notes to look at this or that, but I always look around. If I even have a tree in the front yard, I'll take a look in the backyard because... Sure enough, I'll get a call from a customer. Hey, while you're there, did you look at, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to be able to say yes, I did. <laughs> well, you've recently bought a new home. Correct. So how are you, how's your landscaping? Uh, it's coming along. I purposely bought a house that had absolutely no uh, builder installed uh, landscaping. because you're smart. I'd, I'd probably just tear it all out anyway. Right. Um, so... <laughs> Um, no, it's uh, my own design. Uh, hired the company here to do some paperwork for me because I am not a stone guy. <laughs> I'm a plant guy. If I did my own stonework, it wouldn't look professional. <laughs> so I, uh, I hired out the company, plus stone's very heavy, and I'm getting old. Right. <laughs> you do look old. Not as uh, old as me. No, I'm kidding. But uh, so what do people, I mean, we've talked about lawn. We've talked about the trees and everything else. So is there anything else that you're sort of anticipating from what this weather's done, the echo effect that we haven't even seen yet? Oh, yeah. There's, uh, when I'm diagnosed problems, even now, uh, especially when I start looking at these spruces and conifers and stuff like that, my diagnosis goes back, you know, five, six, seven years to severe weather events. Right. Um, you know, stress adds up. Uh, rarely is it one thing that kills a tree. It's a multiple of factors or addition of factors over a period of years that lead to the eventual decline and death of a, a tree. Um, so, you know, I go back to 2012 a lot, you know, with that heat and drought, 13 wasn't great. The winter of 13, 14 was brutal. Right. Uh, the late spring of 15, excessive rain for three months solid. Uh, you know, these things cause root loss, uh, particularly in the conifers. Um, this adds up. They don't have the root structure to rebound with. Uh, conifers are unique in the fact that they're all their stored energy is in the needle. Right. And so when they lose their needles, there's not this, you know, root system that has all this energy to help it bounce back with, you know, right. like a maple might have or something like that. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's brutal. But, I mean, I do monthly updates for my website. And I, even July of 2016 was really overly wet as far as rainfall. Correct. And then this July was, I mean, it was like desert. Right. So it shows you in one year we're expecting these plant materials to, you know, change you know, and transition from worse to worse, worse and worse. It's like a ping pong ball. Right. From, so, yeah. So, I mean... It's a credit to you guys for all your ability to get out there and try to keep things at least going as well as possible. Yeah, so water and uh, fertilize at the right time. It's not time to fertilize now, but coming up this fall or next spring, um, definitely a great way to help plants recover. Great. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Let's go back to the phones, and let's go to Susie, and Susie's in Chesterfield. Hi, Susie. Hi, Mike. How are you today? Very good. I have a, good. I have a problem with my zoysia yard um probably the whole front yard is soysia and something attacked it um i guess some disease anyway and a lot of it just turned to mud i mean all the soysia died off so there's nothing there so i had people out to see what i could do and obviously i'm not mm -hmm. doing soysia anymore so what is the best thing to do they say power rake but it's turned to like just dirt i don't know what you'd power rake and then well, aeration, core aeration. 
what is your suggestion to get? I'm going to go with the power, grass, bluegrass, fescues. So, yeah, just realize that, I mean, the fescues and bluegrasses, they also have their problems related to weather and stuff like that. But if you want to go, you know, away from the zoysia, that's certainly understandable from the experience that you had. But power raking, what that's doing is just scarring the surface a little bit more. The core aeration actually pulls plugs out of the ground. So it wouldn't have probably hurt to actually do them both. That, and that's before if you're going to seed. And just realize mm-hmm. that if you are going to seed, that it's going to take several years of overseeding in May and September both before you're going to have a really thick, dense lawn. It's not going to happen with just one seeding. Because if you just put too much seed down anyway, it's not going to, you know, germination-wise and everything else doesn't really work. So it's got to be spread at the proper rate, you know, and then after, you know, the core aeration, after the power raking is done, and then putting a layer, you know, a half inch of compost on top of it would be certainly to its advantage. Okay. When do you put the compost on after you've seeded? No, you can do it either after or before because you're going to water the seed anyway, so, uh-huh. or water the area anyway, so that's going to drive the seed and make it in contact with the ground. So it doesn't okay. really matter when it's actually done. Okay, so it needs to have compost on top of that, too. Is that it your whole yard be- or just areas of it? Because not all of it, but maybe half of it has this disease on it or whatever. I would say, to the your, the disi- yeah, if you had zoysia decline or whatever causes, I would say you should do your entire yard for just the benefit. Okay. You're feeding the soil, and the soil feeds the plants. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. getting around that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... I would okay. do it you know, for the entire after, thing. After you, after you do this, can you have your, I have a lawn service, cut your grass? Would it hurt it if they went over it once you seeded it? They, you don't want to have it cut right then. No, so, I mean, you've got to make next week. No, 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 no. Because no. the seed won't be anchored into the ground with the root system, so the mowing mm-hmm. could just throw the seed who knows where. Okay, okay. All right, so it's, I mean, it's, me, you've got oh, a very tough, herded. oh, I don't, I disagree with that entirely okay. because it's not, the seed is not going to germinate that quickly. And even if right. it did germinate, the root system is not going to penetrate the ground. I mean, you can see what kind of cycling action that a mower blade has, and especially if this right. is a mowing service, they have, yeah. I mean, larger machines and everything else, which have a lot more power than, let's say, my little 14-inch you know, mulching mower that I have battery-powered. So it's a right. really different world. Okay. Okay, well, I hope I get new grass because I decided not to do zoysia again because you can't do it, you know, now, right? You can't plug it now, and then it will be next summer before I do it, and it'll take years to get grass, zoysia again. Well, you st- I mean, you still could plug it. I mean, there, you still got probably this month. So as long as the garden yeah. centers are carrying the zoysia, it still can be, you know, done. But uh, beyond that, yeah. If you want to go to something else, just realize any kind of lawn here is going to have a really difficult time. There's no perfect mm-hmm. lawn unless it's Bush Stadium. And they okay. basically every year they cut out all the old lawn and bring in new lawn. So that's why it always looks so spectacular. And do you need any fertilizer kind of product or, you know, nut weed control or something like that on your yard at this time of the year? 
especially uh, a weed and feed, you know, to try to get rid of some of the broadleaf weeds if you have that problem. But a fertilizing, you know, is not, you definitely don't want to fertilize anything. If you have some areas that are like a cool season lawn, don't fertilize them yet. You're going to cause mm-hmm. real problems with it. And okay. the zoysia you're getting rid of anyway, so don't, you know, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. No fertilizer. Okay. I thank you very no. much for your help. Sure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, we are live and live at Allen's Tree Service here in Winsville on West Pierce Boulevard, 636-332-5535. If you do have any questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go right now to Chesterfield and into Susie's yard. Hi, Susie. Hello, Susie, are you there? Oh. I don't know, we haven't pro Okay, Susie's gone, so Scott and St. Charles. Scott, how are you today? Whoa, and now... <laughs> Too many S's. Steve, Susie, Scott, oh my goodness. Steve is from Florissant. Hi, Steve. Hi, Mike, how you doing? Very good. I have a redbud tree. It's six years old. My grandson got it on Arbor Day, and we planted it. It's been fine. Uh, it grew it budded this year. It, it was fine until a couple weeks ago. All the leaves a month ago. All the leaves started turning brown. They're falling off. And I've been giving it water. Do you think it's got a disease? Is it gone? No, it doesn't have a disease, but stop watering it. Redbud trees can handle a drought much easier than a can overly watered. So you may actually be contributing to the circumstance which, yes, it was you know stressed out due to the weather and everything else, and it dropped the leaves because it just couldn't afford to hold on to them because it didn't have an adequate root system. But definitely don't do any more watering to it. Just leave it alone. You see redbud trees growing basically, let's say, along 270 out of almost pure rock. So you want to make sure that that's not what really is going to happen. So just, you know, don't water it. Just leave it alone and uh, just kind of keep your fingers crossed. There's nothing you can do. Definitely don't do any fertilizing. Anything that's stressed out, you don't want to feed it. You don't want to do anything along that line. All right. Uh, Thank you. Sure. And it's, you know, it's an unfortunate circumstance, but there are all kinds of trees that are defoliating, that are turning brown, and it's just weather-related. I mean, it is just absolutely incredible. So now let's go to... uh, Thanks, thanks, Steve. And now let's go to Ann and Shiloh. Hi, Ann. Hi, Mike. I listen to your show all the time, but I've never called in. But I have a problem, and I hope you can help me with it. I have a Japanese maple that's about four years. And I've never had any problems with it at all. It looked real healthy. And <clears throat> this year I got two more Japanese maple, which I put in the back area. And the one that has been with me for four years had developed a case of ants. Every time I looked at it or watered the flowers around it, it had ants crawling up the trunk. So I didn't pay much mind to it. But I kept checking around to see if I could find something to treat it with. So then, before I found something to treat the one in the front with, the 
two young Japanese maple <clears throat> got um, the bark on the bottom of the trunk uh, just kind of torn off. Something was eating on it. So I went to the nursery, and they suggested that I put a guard on it. It's a little piece of plastic that wraps around right. on the bottom. So I got one for each tree. It was $0.99, cents, and it works really well. <clears throat> However, in the meantime, the little ones in the back <clears throat> have also developed a case of ants, and I've seen white moths. So I'm just like, feel like... They're being attacked this year for some reason, and I hadn't had that trouble with those Japanese maple in the past. Could you suggest something? I tried seven, the white powder, and sprinkled it around, <clears throat> and it seemed to do okay, but the ants seemed to adjust to it and just go right through it. Right. Basically, the ants are not problematic. Ants are there because they're getting moisture from something that may be feeding on it, or maybe just the growth of the Japanese maples of foliage and everything else. There might be a little bit of humidity that they're gathering, taking back to their, let's say, colony. So the best thing for the ants to do is just go out there on a routine basis and just, you know, put a nozzle on the end of your hose and just spray it off. There's nothing you can do beyond that. There's no, the ants, again, are not really trouble. The white moths that are flying around, they're all over the place. They're not causing the, you know, any kind of problems. So just, you know, just kind of make sure that you don't get any, any drought stress. The bark could have been chewed by all kinds of different you know, voles and all kinds of different things. But putting that piece of plastic around the base of the trunk was ideal. Hopefully, before you put the piece of plastic around the trunk, you, sh you, know, you cut off all the frayed bark as a result of whoever was chewing on it. But the ants, again, don't worry about, don't try to kill them off. It's not going to make any difference whatsoever. Just spray it off on a, you know, on a regular basis. With water. Just with water, and okay. if you had, you know, if you had aphids, if you had scale, if you had something like that, the ants would be going to get the dewdrops after these insects, you know, feed. But it sounds like you've looked very closely, and you don't see any other kinds of insects. Always for any kind of plant that you suspect there might be some problems with it, look on the underside of the leaf. The underside of the leaf is where a lot of the insects will hang out, especially during the heat of the day. Okay, um, I think that's sound advice and um, I'm relieved actually because I love these trees and I hadn't had any situations like this over the past years. So this year it seems like there's so many ants they are even crawling into my potted plants. So but Right, I exactly. They they're they're they desperate because the it was so hot and so dry. So I mean they need moisture just like anything that's alive does. So just like plants do, just like animals do, just like people do. And so they're out there looking for moisture wherever they can get it. So that's why they're climbing up, hoping they can get something off the plant, some kind of dewdrop or something like that. Or, you know, so that's basically all they're doing. Well, I'm relieved, and I thank you very much, Mike, and I'll continue listening to your show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And again, you can see ants in other, you know, in other circumstances, let's say climbing into trees that have had bore problems, but they're not really there doing any kind of digging or boring or anything like that. They're there getting the moisture as a result of other insect damage. So that's what's, you know, basically happening. Let's go now to Linda, and she's in Highland, Illinois. Hi, Linda. Hi. Thank you for your program. Hi. I appreciate it very much. 
uh, back in 2008, I moved into a house on a couple acres, and we moved in the spring, and I felt like I suddenly was in the botanical garden because things started popping up all over, and there were a real variety of different kinds of flowers. On the south side of the house, some green leaves came up and waited a little while, and then a stalk came up, and it got to be about 12 inches tall, and on top was what looked like a tiny pineapple. So after the second year, I finally found out that it was called a pineapple lily, which comes from right. South Africa. And uh, this had been planted in there through the winter. It stayed. I, it was never dug up. So I just let it go. And I lived there eight years. And every year I kept getting more. The last year I was there, I had 15 stalks on that pineapple lily. And the flowers last a very long time. So I've moved to a smaller house. And I, in the spring last year, I dug it, uh, half of the plant out and put it in a pot and just raised it there next to the other part of it until I moved and then I put it in, I brought it to the new house, and it's blooming this year. So I was in Washington State visiting someone, and I saw a package of bulbs for pineapple lilies. So I bought it and brought it home, and I put them mm-hmm. in a pot. So now my question is, they, they bloomed in the pot, actually, and I'm trying to figure out what to do this winter. Do I take it into the garage and let it dormant in there for the winter and then take it out next year, or do I plant it in the ground? What's the best thing to do with it at this point? I think you better get it into the ground because even in a pot with the insulation from the potting mix or whatever you're growing it in, if we get a severe winter in your garage, it could get cold enough that it could damage them. So that's the, the insulation quality of the ground versus a pot is going to be significant. So if it's something obviously you really like what you do, then just get it planted in the ground. Okay. All right, thank you. I've, I've had so many people look at it, and they'd never seen it before, so I really want right. to preserve it and keep it going. So Yeah, they are a rarity. So thanks, Linda. And Mike okay. Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, back to the phones we go. I'm going to stay really close to Allen's Tree Service. Joyce lives in Winsville. Joyce, how are you today? Just fine. Great. I have, a, I have a, a little problem here called an armadillo, and uh, he is going into my yard, and uh, he is uh, doing uh, uh, an irrigation system for me. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> making little holes all over for me, and right. uh, he is also you know, going through my mulch and making it nice and fluffy, too. I take a rake and then level it back off, and he comes back the next day and does the same thing over again. Uh, we have uh, treated the yard for insects, but uh, I guess he's after worms or something like that. Uh, he has right. uh, plugged all around my whole house, and uh, his little plugs are probably, they can be an inch or two inches apart, you know, uh, and he's done a real good job of it. Uh, we've had him for a good four weeks, so uh, he's had done a lot of damage. Uh, he was witnessed about two, three days ago, I guess, uh, a neighbor finally saw him. And um, and I was wondering what you recommend for us to put down to maybe, I guess he's after worms, what worms are left right. after he's Anything. gotten through. Right. Basically, I think you should have a professional service come out, you know, to mm-hmm. trap them. Because I don't okay. think there's anything that you're going to be able to put on the ground that's going to make an armadillo go away. Okay. So, okay. and you'd just be passing the baton to somebody else. So I would just get a, you know, a hold of a professional trapping service and, you know, because I, to be honest with you, I've ne- I lived in Louisiana and, you know, there was lots of armadillos down there, but I've never trapped one myself. So I don't even know, 
you know, the, for kind of anything related to them, other than they've migrated certainly further, further, and further north, and more and more people are saying, you know, they have armadillo damage. So get a hold of a, a service that can come out and uh, just take a look and, you know, offer you some solutions. Okay. Very good. I thank you. So, yep, sorry. And now let's go to Al, and Al's in Baldwin. Hi, Al. Hi, let me get to speak Okay, Yeah, um, appreciate the opportunity to ask, ask you this question. This could be instructive for anybody that wants to know the difference between a, a wanted plant and a weed. <clears throat> I've got uh, <laughs> up next to my house, uh, and I don't know when it appeared, and the neighbors also have it. It's a vine. The leaf, if I could describe it, measure the mature one is about one and three-eighths wide by about two inches long, has a very slight uh, kind of a sawtooth edge on it. And... Uh, it's now appearing in the yard, and I'm wondering, you know, in different spots, is there any kind of a selective herbicide that will take care of that, or how would I even approach trying to get rid of that? Anything that's a broadleaf weed killer should get it under control. So before you put the broadleaf weed, like a weed be gone, anything like that, you can get uh-huh. and just stomp on it first before you spray the weed be gone. And then next sure. year, watch out closely, and as soon as you start seeing it again, go after it early in the season. You're gonna, you may not eliminate it entirely this time of year, but you can certainly weaken it. It's probably an annual weed anyway. But that means it's going to die off, but it's been dropping seeds, 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 seeds. So you might think about putting a pre-emergent down in the springtime as well when the forsythia is in bloom. Yeah, well, I mean, it is actually a vine. Though. I mean, it climbs trees and that kind of thing. And, my, and you know, right next to my fence in my neighbor's yard, I always saw a vine. Uh, I mean, I've tried weed be gone on it before and um it didn't seem to touch it so i mean it, it looks i would assume these things are connected um and they're not not individual plants but is that maybe not the case or no they probably you know this may be a type of euonymus then you know i misunderstood okay. what you were describing so is the leaf yes, you know very waxy and it's evergreen in the winter time uh yes correct Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is probably euonymus. So basically, you need to go out there and stomp on it and you know, and understand that if you put Roundup down, it's going to kill anything that you get it onto. So what right. you can do is just get the Roundup for killing woody plants. Just put it in a bowl with a paintbrush and just stomp on the you know, stomp on an area, uh-huh. then paint the Roundup right onto the foliage. Okay, so you couldn't, you shouldn't obviously spay the Roundup thing because it's going to kill the grass. Also and everything. Yeah, so that's so why you know put some pull it up, put something underneath it so you can just paint it right onto the this yeah. weed, and it's going to take a while to get it under control. Yeah, uh, so you don't think that weed be gone and would work on that? I mean, it doesn't. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. No, I misunderstood okay. your just sure. your description of what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, that's a tough one. I've got actually some growing in the alley starting to climb up my garage. So I'm going to go out. I don't have a huge amount yet, but I'm going to go out and start digging it up, you know, as soon as the weather gets a little bit cooler. Juanita lives in Afton. Juanita, how are you today? I'm fine. And thank you very much for taking my call. I have about four peony bushes, and they have got black leaves on them. And I wondered what I can do or what has caused it. It's actually, peonies have lots of different kinds of fungus problems, but the best thing you can do is as soon as the foliage starts turning yellowish, cut the foliage off and get rid of it. Don't allow it to just yeah. fall right down onto the ground. Okay, so normally you say just leave the foliage on it to protect it, but you yeah, want but me this, to cut the, it all the way down. Right, cut it all the way to the ground, and then next year when those hands come up, the peony fi- foliage, 
get a fungicide and spray it on the foliage as it's coming up. But okay, that's get rid. Fungicide. Don't let the foliage. Yeah, don't let the foliage lay on the ground over the winter time because it's, it's inoculating the ground with this leaf spot. Oh, I see. Okay, is and uh, cut it and then put fungicide in the springtime. Exactly. So go uh, to your favorite you, garden center, sir. Yeah. Do you have any hope for the roses this year? Well, roses are like tomatoes. They've had a very tough year. Some of the knockout roses are spectacular. I have some great ones myself. And uh, I've these been are to not knockout. These are the yes. regular ones. Exactly. It was t- it's been a tough year for them. There's no getting around it whatsoever. Uh, you know, there's not t- just so you keep them healthy, you kept them fertilized, that's about all you can do, and then keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> well, I've been cutting them off or pulling off the yellow and black and brown spots and everything. Right. And they are really starting to look naked and terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank so, you very much for the info. Sure. You don't and have any help for the purple violets, do you? <laughs> Hand digging or going after them. Violets are one of the toughest weeds to get rid of. So, I mean, I using a broadleaf weed killer, yes, they are horrible. Yeah. Go after them as soon as they come up in the spring, just like all the weeds. It's much easier to kill them in the springtime than it is any other time because the leaf doesn't have that waxy stuff on the surface. So a weed-be-gone type thing in the springtime. So thanks, Juanita, and thanks to everybody for calling in. And I want to also thank the people here at Allen's Tree Service for having me out again. I can't believe it. They're in a, what a great place. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. I will see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.